Hey, welcome to another edition of the Time Blueprint Podcast. On today's show, are you ready for an adventure? Uh, we're going to take retirement planning and treat it as if we were climbing a mountain or going on an epic hike. We're going to learn today that it's not just about the climb. It's about tackling those ups and downs, making sure that we can also descend safely from the adventure and the journey. Uh, we do a lot of hiking and climbing right. and things like that. It's so, Colorado. Yeah, we'll have some personal uh, stories to probably share along the way with you, but also really important illustrations of why you want to plan very carefully for the adventure we call retirement on this show. So looking forward to diving in. Frank and I will do it coming up next. Welcome to the Time Blueprint with Frank Oliver of Oliver Asset Management. Here we break down taxes, income, money, and estate planning, giving you the tools to make informed financial decisions and aim for better retirement outcomes. Your host is financial advisor Frank Oliver, the president and founder of Oliver Asset Management. He's the author of Your Time Is Now, sharing the essentials you need to know to craft a comprehensive and customized retirement plan. Dive in with us as we offer clear strategies and straightforward advice, all designed to empower you in your financial journey. Welcome to the Time Blueprint. Frank, welcome to another episode. Good to see hey, you. Good to see you too, Walter. How was your weekend? It was good. Nice. Since since we're talking about climbing mountains and hiking and stuff, right. I, I did a hike recently. So I went to Cub Lake and did you a went little, up to the park. Yeah, did a little nice. seven miler. So it was very nice. Seven miles. Yeah, yeah. And you're a stud. I was the only one up there. It was very cool. I did a sunrise hike. Yeah. And uh, I was the only one person up there for probably I don't know. I didn't see another soul until like nine. No kidding. You know how lucky you are because you just moved to Colorado. I know. And you're hiking in the middle of November. Yeah. It doesn't happen very often, especially up at the park. So yeah. yeah. So what was it, sixty five this weekend? So yeah, it was, it was nice a for really you. nice weekend. Even yeah. that early in the morning wasn't too bad. Right. So. We'll have to have you over to our house. We we live on the backside of a mountain, so we cut a trail into our mountain going up to the top. Look at this guy just bragging. He can go hiking out of his backyard. Could be to show off. Is that what you're saying? Anybody who lives here, right? We're like, oh, we just go hiking outside doesn't our every, backyard. Doesn't you, everybody live on a mountain in Colorado? You literally right. hike out of your backyard. That's awesome. <laughs> you live in a city? <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> I love it. Well, I right. can't wait to talk about some of these parallels with you. I and agree. let's swap some climbing stories maybe and some hiking stories I'm while in. we're in. It yeah. should be fun. Uh, in addition to talking about climbing the mountain, we're also going to answer a listener question today from Harriet, who's closing on a new house in a few weeks and have some questions about that. So look forward to that. And then we're also going to talk about something you disliked, maybe hiking, maybe something else, uh, that you then changed your mind about later on right. in life. Right. So that we'll save those answers for right. later on, but that should be fun as well. All right, well, let's talk about climbing the mountain of both retirement and also right. just in our general life here, today's podcast topic. So I would imagine we've got to start with preparing. One thing I learned very quickly coming out here uh, and moving to Colorado a little over a year ago was when you go hiking here, you got to prepare a little bit. It's not like back east where I would just roll out for a two-mile walk in the woods. Yeah. A little bit more that goes into it. Well, and I, I think a lot of the sports in Colorado, and hiking definitely being one of the premier sports, you do got to be prepared. I, I see folks that go snowmobiling, hiking, skiing. A lot of them are very prepared. They, they're they ready for anything that comes their direction. And unfortunately, yeah. you see the stories on the news, you know, where people are not quite as prepared as, as they should have been, you yeah. know, hiking without a beacon, not having the proper equipment, not, not clothed properly, not watching the weather reports. There's a lot that goes into it. It's we're not hiking the uh, plains of Kansas City or, or yeah. Kansas, you know, so yeah. Very true. <laughs> One thing I, that I've noticed is too, it, the preparation's always different. Um, yeah. Part of the preparation is looking at where you want to go on mm -hmm. a particular day. So, yeah. you know, okay, I might go and do a little five mile hike to a lake. 
not too bad. I'm not going to be out all day. I'm definitely going to be back before the weather might turn in the afternoon, those kinds yeah. of things. I yeah. don't need as much water, as much food. But, man, if I'm going to go for that 10-mile or start planning for a 14-er, right. there's a whole bunch of extra supplies I want to take with right. me. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. We, we, don't, uh, we don't do any winter or summer sports in Colorado or activities, let's say. Uh, without taking food, without taking water, mm-hmm. without being adequately, you know, prepared. And I think retirement planning is, is the same way. Do I have five years before retirement? Do I have, you know, 25 years before retirement? Um, how much money do I want to save every year? What, what's mm-hmm. my lifestyle going to be at retirement? And, you know, some people refer to financial planners when they're talking about this kind of as their Sherpa, as their financial Sherpa. Sure. You yeah. know, that helps them kind of get to the top of the hill. But, you know, getting to the top of the hill and base camp and coming back down are, are two totally different actions. And you got to be prepared for both. All right. Well, let's start breaking everything down. So if we are preparing for our climb or our hike, uh, we're first going to want to gather the right gear. You mentioned in the hiking side of things, that might be the safety beacon, enough food, water, a knife, or something like that to take with you. So what would be kind of gathering the right gear in finances? Well, I think you need a financial GPS if we're going to constantly relate this to to hiking. You know, Uh, I update my, uh, upgrade my GPSs all the time just because of the, the modern technology. But I think that as you're as you're preparing for retirement and you're preparing for that climb, you need to know what investments are going to get you to the top of the hill. Mm. And the investments that get you to, to the top of the hill are different than the investments that are going to get you down to the bottom of the hill. So the tools are entirely different. You know, do you want um, do you want a conservative income plan as you're climbing that mountain, or do you want something that's a little more aggressive that's going to help propel you up okay. to the top of that hill? You know, as we're coming back down, and I'm getting ahead of the on the story here a little bit, but when you're coming back down, you do want to be a little more conservative. Yeah. As you know, as being a, a new hiker in Colorado, coming down is harder, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it hurts the knees a <laughs> it lot It does more hurt the knees a lot more, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, two totally different um, um, actions or activities there for sure. All right, so the preparation phase, we kind of get that idea, mm-hmm. but then we actually get out there. Mm-hmm. And so now we're in the ascent, we're doing the climb. Right. This might be during your working years, if we're talking on the financial right. side, you're saving and investing for retirement. You call that the accumulation phase. Once we get out there, we start to hit all sorts of different elements, different terrains, different ups and downs and things we've got to be prepared for. Yeah, and I don't think it's any different than investing. There's just so many similarities. So, I mean, when you're climbing that mountain, it, it's all power. You, you've got to be somewhat aggressive, and it, and it's a lot of work to get up to the top of that mountain. And and you're powering through it. You need some. You need to be a little more aggressive to get to that top of that mountain. And you are going to run into challenges. You're going to run into weather. You're going to run into different terrain. In our world, that's market volatility, right? Okay, yeah, it's maybe the sense. loss of a job that you got to prepare for. How much money do I have in cash versus invested? How much do I have in a four hundred one k versus a Roth? All of these different challenges we have to navigate. But nonetheless, I think the number one thing we need to keep in mind is climbing to the top of that mountain is a lot of work. Um, And the reward is definitely at the top. And you you do have to be aggressive to get to the top of a 14er here in Colorado. And I think you need to have some controlled, aggressive, you know, investing habits in your portfolio too. And you can't stop. What happens if you stop halfway up the hike? One, you're not going to reach your retirement years, Right. right? Two, you know... Well, if you're not being you can, you can slide enough. backwards if it's too steep of right. a hill, right? You got to keep climbing or you're going to fall back down that darn hill. So you got to stay yeah. the course when you're hiking. You I got to stay the course. I one thing when, I, when we did one of our first hikes, mm-hmm. I was taking so many pictures. And also yeah. because we were still acclimating, sure. we were taking a lot of breaks. 
And so we got to the summit way later than we had planned. So we ended up being out way later. The storms yeah. were starting to move in. Now we weren't above tree line, so it wasn't sure. as big of a you know threat. But mm-hmm. we still were like, yeah, this didn't go according to plan. Right. We weren't aggressive enough on the hike. Now part of yeah. that just we weren't able to be because of our lungs. Um, <laughs> but that was a good lesson learned. Sure. And it sounds like you're saying the same thing in in regular mm-hmm. investing and saving for folks. Maybe people aren't aggressive enough during their accumulation years we've got to stay on offense so to speak absolutely and and that's an awesome example that you just created because if you're not aggressive enough and you do miss that mark or you slow down on your investing mm-hmm. and you decide not to invest enough kind of like stopping and taking pictures of all the flowers yeah you right. know and then all of a sudden daylight runs out on you the same thing that happened in retirement right you, yeah. you quit investing and you're not doing things properly next thing you know retirement gets there before you want it to and you haven't you haven't reached the top yet. You haven't and now, got to now you're changing your lifestyle to retire at the same amount, or you're having to push back that day. You're, yeah, yeah. Or you're you're working into the dark years, like hiking in you know when the sun's the dark, yeah, yeah hiking in the dark exactly. You don't want to hike in the dark here in that, Colorado. That, that headlamp was only for the morning, not for the evening, <laughs> right? Right. right. Yeah, <laughs> just for the early start. Don't want to have to pull it back out later in the right, day. Right. Battery yeah. goes dead. That's right. That's yeah. right. You mentioned the changing weather. Mm-hmm. I think enough said there. We're we're prepared for volatility, volatility, right? That kind of thing. Yep. Parallels makes sense. Right. Let's take the hiking a little more even to the next level. Let's mm-hmm. say we're doing one of the really intense 14ers or let's just go Everest at this sure, point, right? right? <laughs> not that we, either of us is high Everest, right. at least not yet, right? Uh, maybe one of these days. Is that uh, on your bucket list? I don't know. That's so intense. It is intense. Yeah. It's not a bucket list And requires so much money right. to do it and time right. and energy. Yeah. Um, I'll stick with a 14er sport. here in Colorado. Yeah. 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 Let me that. tackle one of those first right. and then we'll see what comes or, next. I don't know if you know, but we got a mountain right outside of our back door. We can... Yeah. It's not really a 14er, but... But we can, it, we can call it whatever we want. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right, outside your back door. Right. Um, let's talk about base camps, though, because if you yeah. do go to do something like an Everest, they've got these base camps along the way. They do. Kind of these stopping points. They're milestones to reach, but mm-hmm. they're not just milestones to celebrate. They're also a chance to acclimate, to kind of reassess, mm-hmm. make sure you're ready to proceed to the next step. Yep. Uh, kind of change what you've got in your bag if you need to add some supplies or take yeah. away. Are there base camps for us in financial planning? Absolutely. I think that once you reach these milestones in your life, whether it's a a goal that you've reached financially or you're five years closer to retirement, you need to stop, step back, take a breath, kind of assess your situation and determine, do I want to maintain this level of aggressive investing as I get closer to retirement? Or is it a time to reevaluate my situation? You know, maybe maybe invest a little more conservatively because I know that that, that descent is, is getting closer yeah. every year. So, you know, maybe 40 is a milestone, maybe 50 is a milestone, then 55, then 60, then 65. Maybe those are the base camps that you're entering, trying to reassess where you're going to be. Do I have enough time to get to the top? Do I need to, you know, save okay. a little more, hike a little faster, whatever those those changes are to those those steps. So it could be year milestones. I suppose it could also be just like life events could cause a, a new lo- milestone or a it base could, camp yeah. Maybe getting laid off, you know, a yeah, marriage, a great, unfortunate a great divorce. No, no, no. Those, those are not celebration base camps. No. You're not popping a cork when that happens. No. So, but exactly. still times to reassess. And Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yep, absolutely. If somebody has some successful ones, like, okay, I've, I've paid off my mortgage. And, sure. and I think, you know, you were kind of alluding to the fact that maybe there's just some other successful or I got an inheritance maybe, and now it's changed my financial situation. That's a mm-hmm. base camp, right? Let's. Yeah. I, I think that that uh, changes, um, 
you know, your your outlook a little bit on retirement. Paying off a mortgage definitely changes your outlook on retirement. And honestly, I think that everybody should have a financial goal and, and maybe getting to that base camp at a certain time or getting to the top of the mountain at a certain time. Yeah. You know, let's say your goal is to save 100000 and then it's a half a million, and then it's a million. Maybe when you get to that point, you can reassess, you know, okay. because – because you know it's 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 painful when uh, you get up to a million dollars and the market c- turns back. You know the yeah. weather comes in real quick and you know that that weather drops twenty five or thirty percent. Yeah, that's a big number to lose. So once you the accumulate, higher you are, the harder you fall. That right? that's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah. So you uh, once you accumulate that much and you reach that goal, definitely time to to reassess and, yeah. and put some some uh, some barriers on that. You know. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get to the part where everybody wants to be, and that's when you start to get to the summit. So we'll talk right. about the actual summit, but also that approach to the summit. So one thing I've learned very quickly from a couple of good hikes here in Colorado over the last year, boy, that last half mile is always really intense. Sure. I don't think I've done a hike yet where like the last half mile is like, oh, this is I've already made it. Now you don't catch your coasting. second wind or your third wind or your fourth wind. You might get the wind, but still you're looking like <laughs> right up into the air right. at that right. last little bit. You know, I did Sky Pond not too long ago, and you're climbing a waterfall before you get up right. to the top. Yeah, right? yeah. So there, that summit can be a little tough. And one thing I've noticed is, you know, you're kind of expending all that energy. Mm-hmm. You're almost at the top. A lot of mistakes uh, can happen right there at the end, right before you get to that goal. I even tripped a couple of weeks ago, just started putting my mind on the destination, stopped thinking about putting one foot in front of the other, and it was right. on flat ground. So it was more of an embarrassing trip sure. than something dangerous, but mm-hmm. still scraped my hand up a little bit and took a little ego dent right before you reach your goal. <laughs> uh, but that can be more serious. A lot of people sure. at Everest, they get to that, that, mm-hmm. that last little piece. and They say, okay, are we going for the summit, that last choice? And a lot of people push it too hard. They shouldn't go yet. They're not quite ready, or maybe they got too tired. And people have died even in just that last little bit to yeah. the top. Yeah, More dramatic than maybe right before you approach retirement. But do you see the same thing where people maybe get too emotional right before that day to make a mistake when they get closer to retirement? Yeah, we've had this conversation several times in our office. And, and I think it's five years before retirement and okay. five years after retirement is when people are prone to make their biggest mistakes. Maybe they go way too conservative or maybe they're still too aggressive and they're just not planning okay. properly. And, and I think the challenge is, is you kind of get caught into a, a normal cadence when you're hiking. Okay. Um, and maybe you do get a little, I'm not going to say complacent, but you're, you, you lose a little bit of focus because everything's going good. Life is great. You're sort of in the zone. Exactly. Yeah. The same thing I've done for 20 years. It's the same thing I've done for the last 20 miles. Everything will be fine. And you just don't realize that those conditions could change very rapidly. So the last five miles of that hike could have entirely different conditions than the first 15 or 20 miles of that hike, right? And the last five years of your retirement could have entirely different conditions than the first 20 years of your, or, you know, five years before retirement can be entirely different than the the previous 20 years before you got, you know, closer to retirement. So it's, they're just so similar. I I, I agree hundred percent. So it's really, if, if retirement's the summit, that area around the summit, the last, yeah. you know, half mile before and after the summit and then vice versa, the far five years before retirement and after retirement. Right. It's just a an area where the focus needs to really come into play mm-hmm. and attention just really mm-hmm. needs to be paid to all the decisions being made. Yeah. And again, yeah, that last five years of that last five miles can be entirely different terrain than, yeah. than the prior 20. That makes sense Absolutely. in hiking, right? You're way further from the trailhead, higher elevation likely, rockier. Yeah. If, if you make a mistake, you know, two miles into the hike, it's not that big of a deal. You can usually get back out. You make yeah. a mistake twi- you're 20 using, miles you're or 15 or 20 miles beacon. into the hike. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's a great <laughs> point. Absolutely. And in retirements, 
it's it's a little different because there's not that distant com- a distance component, but there kind of is because if you make sure a mistake early in life, you've got a lot of years to recover from right. it. Where right. if you're right at retirement, you don't have much time on your side to fix that mistake. You're not going to hike that 14 or at 80. No, right. no. <laughs> another, another <laughs> well, maybe there's, a, there's maybe a few people out there. Right? There are some people out there, out there doing it. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. great. All right. Well, now we get to the descending part. You talked right. a little bit about that at the beginning. So this is the final piece of the puzzle. Well, yeah, do a 12-mile hike or something. You turn around, and you're like, I got 12 mm. more miles to get back to the beginning. Right. And you mentioned the knees are hurting, and now right. you've expended all that energy to get yeah. up up yeah. there. I make the mistake of, like, hanging out at the summit too long, and then all your Taking muscles. pictures. And, yeah, taking pictures, right. and right. all your muscles start to relax a little bit. Right. And you start hiking, and you feel all that pain all of a right. sudden. Um, so we want to make sure we descend safely. Mm-hmm. I think there's some stat that's, like, half of the deaths on Everest come after uh, the summit. On the descent, on yeah. The descent. Exactly. Which is terrifying and um, and unfortunate that that's the case. I know, but um, but what about in retirement? Do you see the same thing? A lot of people get hurt on the descent in retirement. Yeah, unfortunately, all the time. Um, and I think again, if you know, I'm just trying to picture all this in my mind. Um, you know, and and I've hiked quite a bit here in Colorado. I'm a native, and when you're pushing to get to the top of that hill or get to that point, that destination point, you, you're pushing. You you yeah. have to be aggressive. You 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 have to push hard. You have to use your muscles. Coming back down, can you imagine? Pushing that hard coming back down. Right. I mean, it, it's it, it's disastrous. It really is. So that's when you need to really retool everything you have. You need to kind of retool your footing a little bit. You know, you have to recess yeah. your gear. You have to recess, you know, or reassess how long it's going to take me to get down that hill. And and you're slowing down a little bit, aren't you? Yeah. You're a little more conservative coming down that hill because one misstep coming down, um, you know, could shave five years off that retirement or, or yeah, five, five years <laughs> off your life, you know, exactly. You know, <laughs> Yeah. We don't want to pick up a bunch of bumps and bruises on the way down. No, you we've don't. Had a nice, great hike no. up. And too often you are seeing people getting hurt on their way down retirement. What do you see? I mean, it's, it's, it's rocks and, and, and maybe, you know, uh, slippery rocks and things like that, that trip us up and make us slip on the way down and hiking. But what about in finance and retirement? What yeah. slips people up? Well, everything's different on the descent, right? Yeah. Your investing needs to be more conservative. You have to have more protection on your investments. You need to be safer when you're descending. I think a lot of times than when you're ascending, um, your uh, taxes are different in retirement. You know, when you're, when you're investing in a 401k, during your working years, you're getting a tax deduction. When you pull that money out of a 401k or IRA during retirement, you're getting taxed on it. So people forget about the taxation on that. They forget about, you know, they should be a little bit more conservative when they're investing. They forget about all of the different investment tools that are at our disposal or their disposal that they really haven't looked at too much, I don't think, because they were in, you know, an accumulation phase. And so you get to the top of that hill or you you reach retirement and you have to retool and rethink your entire process because coming down the hill, or going into retirement and decumulating is entirely different than accumulating or, or ascending that hill. You mentioned the Sherpa, right? The Sherpa. The Sherpa yeah. doesn't leave you when you reach the top of the summit. No, they come no. back down the hill with you. That's right. And That's so right. tell us a little bit about uh, how you are a financial Sherpa for somebody. How do you help take them? What's your process of taking them up to that hill and then back down the mountain? Yeah, I've I've been hiking these hills, for, you know, for twenty years with my clients. Yeah, you know, so we know what tools you need to get to the top of the hill, and we know what tools are available to get to the bottom of the hill. Um, and Sherpas, I mean, they've been doing this for twenty years as well, so they understand yeah. the environment, they understand the weather, they understand the path, the journey, how long it takes to get there. They understand what happens during volatility or bad weather. We do as well. We know what tools are available at our disposal. Um, and literally, there's hundreds, if not thousands of different investment tools that will make the ascent and the descent, you know, a much more successful journey. But 
but we know those because we study them every day. It's like the Sherpa, you know, he's got a yeah. million miles on that mountain. He knows exactly what happens every he's step of the way. Storms on that. That's mountain. right. You've been through the dot com crash and the 08 financial crisis. Absolutely. And, you know, more COVID twenty twenty two. Yes, yeah. yes, all of that. Okay, very yeah. good. Yeah. Well, if you need a financial Sherpa, if you will, to help guide you all the way through your retirement, again, not just to retirement, but all the way through it as well. That ascent and descent. Definitely talk to Frank and the great team at Oliver Asset Management. Here's the way to get in touch with them. You can call 720-897-TIME. That's 720-897-TIME. Or go to oliverassetmanagement.com. You can find the link in the description on YouTube if you're watching us there or on your favorite podcasting app. Just check the show notes or description section of your favorite app. All right, it's time to get to know Frank a little bit better on our next segment of the podcast. All right, Frank, we're going to get to know you a little bit better today with a good question. All right. Have you ever disliked something and then you changed your mind about it later on? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so I'm kind of a foodie, and I don't know if okay. I really enjoyed all kinds of different cuisine until maybe the last 10 or 15 years. Okay. Maybe it's my wife that pulled me out of my okay. out of my shell a yeah. little bit, you know. You, you I, were uh, an American foodie, but uh, I, you know, I was. My dad, uh, my dad's from West Virginia, and he was uh, he was a farmer. They raised okay. cattle, so I was I was a steak and potato guy, nice. hamburger guy, French fries. I mean, just a yeah. good old fashioned American diet. Right. Um, and then uh, I got married. My wife had a little more um, exquisite palate than right. I did. Yeah. And so uh, she turned me on to sushi. I was nice. so opposed to sushi. Yeah. You know, it's California roll, just a basic avocado type, in, you know, avocado and rice. Sure. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and, What's so um, exciting about that, right? Right. Um, I have to tell you, one of my go-to meals right now, or, or probably for the last five or 10 years, has, has been sushi. It's sushi. I wow. love sushi. you have a favorite roll? Um, I love a tuna roll. And okay. I love sashimi. Okay. You know, yeah. uh, pepper tuna, um, smoked tuna. Tuna would be my go-to fish. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. That's White tuna. Beat, for yeah, sure. absolutely. Yeah. Have you, ever, have you done like a good blackened tuna where it's still kind of raw inside? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Blackened tuna, f- yeah, steak. Yeah. The best. Yeah. The really best. Good. Really yeah, but good. it's got to be cold on the inside. Yeah, that's right. Just slightly cold. That's right. Yeah, it's that so cool, good for you. That cool red center. Absolutely. Similar to a steak, right? Yep, yeah. that's right. <laughs> Very cool. Uh, you know, I'll just jump on yours. I, I was the same Do way. I had never had sushi before. Until I met my wife, she kind of, really? I was the same thing, American diet. She broadened my horizons a little bit. Right. So now I'm a big fan of Indian mm. food and sushi and all sorts of good stuff. Like yeah, that. I love Indian so. food. What about seaweed salad? I like seaweed salad. I do I too. Do love it. Yeah. Love yeah. it. It's like to a certain amount. There's like a certain threshold I pass. I'm like, okay, that's enough. <laughs> sure. I've had enough. I get you. Like, I get you. That need to be a huge pile, just <laughs> right. a nice little bit. I've never been able to get on board with ginger though. At the, really? At, with sushi. I yeah. I know it's like to help cleanse the palate and that kind of thing. But Get you ready for the next course a little bit. Yeah. I just, yeah. I just skip it. I'm all right. Not a, I'm not all right. I'll take it. There, okay. Yeah. I always yep. give it to Connie. Look, she yep. always, there you go. Always, yes. always takes <laughs> just it. save yeah. Next time you come here, you can bring me your bucket of, <laughs> just, of ginger that you need. Right? Right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. You're the best. All right. Awesome. We'll do that. That's getting to know Frank a little bit better, but now we get to know one of you. It's time for one of our viewer slash listener questions as we open up the mailbag. So this question comes to us from Harriet in Longmont. Harriet says, I'm closing on a new house in a few weeks and I need cash for the closing, but my current home isn't going to sell in time, so I won't yet have the money from that. I don't want to make a big withdrawal from my IRA and pay all those taxes. That sounds wise. Right. So should I just find some sort of, uh, some kind of short-term loan? 
interesting spot Harriet is in. Yeah, absolutely. Harriet, that's a that's a fantastic question. Um, thank you for asking. We run across this quite frequently in our office. Um, and my answer, um, simply in a nutshell, is is yes. That's actually all I need to say on this. You definitely do not want to take a large withdrawal from your IRA and give up 20 or 30% in taxes. Yeah. You know, when you can do a short-term loan. And the loans are a little more expensive right now. You may pay seven, eight, eight and a half percent, but it's 90 days, six months, yeah. you know, versus a irrevocable 20 or 30% tax hit. And once that money goes to the IRS, it's gone forever. That's so, a great point. That's right. There's no short-term loan with the IRS. The short-term loan, uh, what would that typically be defined for somebody in this position? Just like a, a normal bank loan, a personal loan, or maybe look at like a home equity line? I think you sort, probably or? have to take a home equity line yeah. to get that accomplished, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I, I like those tools, even if they're not a super usable tool now for the long term because of the higher interest rates. Yeah. It's variable. So you could use it as a short-term bridge now. Yep. In the future, if rates start to come back down, well, they will sooner or later. They'll come back down. That that loan is still in place. And as long as there's no balance on it, you're not paying for that loan. It's just like a credit card. But if rates go from eight and then drop to seven, six, five, four, I had a I had a HELOC at, at 2.4% at one time. Yeah, so right. I don't know if they'll get that low again, but but it's always a good tool to have in your arsenal. I think that's interesting. I, I'm just thinking because I've actually been in this situation before, Harriet. Um, I'm thinking that maybe the only thing is just be sure that the home that you're going to sell is going to sell. Um, like if you've got Good a point. <laughs> home that might not sell, then you need to be prepared to pay those yeah. Fees on that, and yep, he locked whatever point. you use for a couple of months at yep, least. It's a very good point. So just yep. be aware of that. Uh, we actually did this when we bought our second home, Frank. We did a HELOC mm. on our existing home. Sure, paid the closing costs and all like that. Like a bridge loan type, just like a little bridge loan. Yep. And I think the whole thing. This was when the rates were really low. Uh, but I think the whole thing cost us like to fund that because I didn't want to have to like move stay in a hotel or whatever right. as part of the transition. Right. I wanted to get the house in place yeah. first. Um, and I think funding that whole thing, it worked out so beautifully, cost us like $120. Isn't that crazy? Like that was the, our out-of-pocket cost to make all that happen was 120 bucks. <laughs> Can you imagine what it would have cost you in taxes to pull money from the IRA? Oh, it would have been insane. And especially at your age because you get the yeah. you know the 10% penalty and everything else. And we Absolutely. see people doing that. So no, that's totally uh, unneeded. Very so. well thought out, Harriet. I'm glad that you I'm glad yeah. that you called that question in. Thanks. But, but don't do that on your own. Like go talk to somebody like Frank if you have a question like that pop up. And that's how a lot of people begin their retirement planning with you, isn't it, Frank? It's a question like this that then leads them into a bigger conversation. More than not, more than not. And I think what a lot of people don't realize right now, Walter, is that um, interest rates on on home loans are, are more expensive than we've seen in 15 or 20 years, right? Yeah. Fixed interest um, on, on fixed income investments is also higher than we've seen in 15 or 20 yeah. years. Good news, bad news. Kind Absolutely. Of thing, right? So you can actually get some some fixed income um, alternative investments that are pushing okay. on a coupon or a yield similar to what the rate's costing you on a loan. Okay. So it's not as bad as it sounds out there. You just need to know the investment tools that are available to, to cover the interest on that loan. Well, it's all about the time blueprint, that time process, navigating taxes, income, money, and estate planning. That's what Frank Oliver and the team at Oliver Asset Management do each and every day with their clients. If you'd like to come in and talk about that and have your own strategy session, get your own time blueprint built. If you also want to pick up a copy of Frank's book, Your Time Is Now, where he covers in detail that time blueprint process, come in, have a conversation about that, pick up the book while you're in as well. The time to set up that conversation is right now. Go to OliverAssetManagement.com. You can book a time right on your smartphone or computer, or you can call 720-897-TIME. Contact info in the description of today's show, so check it out there.
Frank, thanks for all your awesome. help. Thank, Thank you, Walter. Thanks for being our financial Sherpa today. That was fun. <laughs> Be careful on the way down. <laughs> Will do. All thanks, right. everybody, for Talk joining to you us. Soon. Thank you. See you next time. Bye. Advisory services offered through Creative One Wealth, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Creative One Wealth, LLC, and Oliver Asset Management are unaffiliated entities. Licensed insurance professional. Respond and learn how financial products, including life insurance and annuities, can be used in various planning strategies for retirement. The information contained herein is based on our understanding of current tax law. The tax and legislative information may be subject to change and different interpretations. We recommend that you seek professional tax advice for applicability to your personal situation.